Welcome to our second ORX uh, podcast on operational risk management. I'm joined again by Mark Cook and Luke Karabic. And today uh, we're going to be discussing what we can take from operational risks response to the coronavirus crisis so far uh, and learn from that and apply to the future of financial services and the future of operational risk management. So what have you seen in terms of the crisis so far and what we can learn for that about how operational risk management can continue to be uh, agile as we move forward. Luke, do you want to, to kick us off on that one? Yeah, I, I think this is a sort of emerging area of practice, I guess. But the move seems to be towards a model where people have recognized that being agile is, is really useful and it's going to probably be useful for, for many years to come. We do expect economic volatility. There are challenges from digitization, new entrants into the market. There's an awful lot of change coming. So people recognize that uh, being agile is, is really helpful. But I think they also recognize that you can only be agile with a, with a sound foundation. A little bit further out into the future, what we might see is a sort of blend of two ways of working for operational risk. One is a kind of ongoing assurance where you give a baseline assurance of your risks. And then on the top of that, you have slightly different ways of working, which can be much more reactive to, to what's in front of you. So building on that baseline assurance, pulling data from it, perhaps, so that you can react. Um, the agile part is probably much more driven by people. The baseline is possibly much more driven by systems and processes. So uh, potential for a lot of automation in that baseline assurance. But I think the, the agile bit is where the people come in. And I think we saw signs of this within this crisis, whereby people were very important. People bypassed uh, systems or processes that would have just been too slow. So if, if the data wasn't up to date, they didn't pull the data from that system. They, they did something different, for example. That was that kind of agile reactive piece on the top. But I think a lot of people did at the same time recognize that all of that baseline assurance is still useful when we switch back to a world where uh, it's not so volatile and it's more like a BAU environment, that baseline assurance is, is going to become more important again. So there's that kind of two-speed approach that seems to be the direction of travel. Even if some firms haven't necessarily recognized it like that, I think that's what we see when we pull together discussions from a wide range of institutions. Mark? Yeah, I'd echo a lot of Luke's points. I think we've used the word agile quite a bit. I think there's a recognition that operational risk players can play a key role in change. If COVID has done anything, it's only but accelerate the dynamic nature of the financial services industry. And the digitalization, I don't see that relenting in any shape. If there's one thing that comes out of this, you know, being there together and collaborating, it's you're far better to be there in the design than you are after the fact as an addition. And I, and I think you'll see operations moving into that space to be much more partners in terms of looking at how these businesses are established and redesigned and reimagined, which historically has taken place you know, once every five or so years. But to be in those conversations and looking at how we can ensure those businesses are built to be both operationally and financially resilient going forward, I think there's real benefit to that. And then the second piece, and again, picking up from Luke, is there'll be this move away from the mechanics and the processes and the record keeping associated with framework and it has a purpose but there are increasingly to my mind diminishing returns from our CSAs 
I think we will see greater focus and continued focus around end-to-end processes, a really deep dive in the risk and control of universities associated with those processes, rather than this comprehensive approach really focusing on the most critical services. I think we will see a shift towards analytics and operating data, micro-operating data, tools like AI and pattern recognition and discovery to be much more dynamic about understanding the risk profile of the day-to-day and being able to take real-life first-line signals to understand where there's concern and directing resources in a much more targeted way going forward. And the other thing that emerged and emerged in the conversation was this sort of use of scenarios to really make things intuitive. The scenarios were previously you know, quite heavily uh, related back to the capital adequacy. I think scenarios now are the risk management tool and the expansion of the use of scenarios and that workshopping to really unpick a situation and make sense in terms of how that business is exposed to it and how it best controls it. I think that will become a much more powerful tool. So we've learned, I think, that the baseline is important. That base assurance is, is, is what you operate off, but might anticipate that that baseline of, of data collection of monitoring and control becomes optimised, becomes more automated, becomes more, more simplified, perhaps. Sitting alongside that, there's a, a more active risk management layer where you might see more involvement of people, perhaps. One of the things I think we learned during the crisis was to do that role, you need quite senior and, and skilled people. And those people are there to, to set up new businesses and systems to deal with change, to deal with exceptions, to, to, to look forward. One of the other things I'm interested in is, is we've spoken quite a lot about digitalization. One of the focuses of digitalization is is a real concentration on the needs of the customer. In this environment, do you think we've learned anything from the from the crisis about what we need to provide to business, how we need to build those systems who we focus on as our customers going forward? Mark, do you want to pick that up? So I think people will piece together the supply chain in a far more deliberate and thoughtful way. And maybe we will learn you know, maybe we'll redesign our businesses based off the back of that. Um, there's a, looking outside the industry, they're, t- they're talking about you know how you make decisions around a simple thing like shipping. Maybe the cheapest way to ship product is is uh, via a certain set of seas, you know. But the better way, maybe a long way, and the, the cheaper way takes you through Somali operated pirated waters. Uh, there is a clearly a risk premium for doing it that way versus say for longer way. Well, that may not be a great analogy. I think people will look at the total cost total sustainability of their operations. They're managing those inherent vulnerabilities in that supply chain to ensure that they're much more reliable to its customer. Their customer and the customer centricity, the area that really has developed into the culture of the last few years, I think that will dominate. I, th- I think you're right, Mark. I think as a society, I think there's going to be a much greater awareness of the trade-off between robustness and efficiency in, 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 in any system, whether it's a financial services process or whether it's, it's, it's food supply. But Luke, go, going back to the, the customer focus, as businesses, we focus more on our customers and, and as risk, our customers are a business. Am I right in saying that part of the picture of the future of risk management is to focus more on the demands of the business, on getting information to the business? Is, is that part of the picture? I think you're absolutely right. I think historically, certainly in the early days, the, the ultimate customer for operational risk was, was the regulator. Most of what they did was to come up with either capital numbers or reporting of some sort um, and that was really ultimately 
why they were first put in place. Um, I think that's shifted around a lot. And uh, now, really, I think this is showing that actually the customer is probably the first line to so using operational risk to get a really good understanding of their operational risk profile and factoring that in to um, how they do business, um, which is quite a fundamental change around because although the regulatory requirement stick is, is a very strong one, it can come and go. And I think uh, it's a much more sustainable model to see operational risk as part of the, the business operations. And I think it's really linked to the point Mark was making as well in that we've heard uh, certainly in things like third parties, uh, it's now no longer just financial decision to out, outsource or offshore an activity. It's been shown that actually the resilience of those critical things is a really big consideration because it, it passes through to the customer. It affects the resilience of the services we offer them. So many banks in particular are thinking about bringing things back in-house or nearshoring things that had been offshored before. And that's really a point that Mark was making. It's the cheapest isn't always the best. You have to take into account and factor in changes to your risk profile. People have been doing that for several years. They factor in an operational risk premium. I think that's only going to increase and it's going to really be factored in to services, processes as well. Having seen the benefits of having a resilient uh, set of processes uh, throughout the coronavirus crisis. Final question, guys. The crisis in many ways has been unique. One of the unique factors is, is it's created for risk and for the first line, a common enemy, a common imperative. As we return to something more like business as usual, what happens when that imperative goes away? Do we think that that relationship starts to drift apart again? Do we think that that demand for what operational risk can provide will start to decline? Mark, over to you first. I've clearly got to start with a cliche. You don't have to start with a cliche, Mark. No. As, it's, as it's the end, I'll end with a cliche. Sorry, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. Never let a crisis go to waste. Um, yeah. And then I'll put my government hat on and come up with a, a three-word slogan. You know, it would be a real shame if we don't build back better. If anything, it, it has been a good operational risk crisis. Good because the outcomes have generally been positive in the sense that, in the sense that they weren't poor outcomes. The lights were kept on. There were still on the way. Like oof, that could have gone better, and we didn't really quite understand that. Presents an opportunity. These businesses are changing at pace. We are in the middle of a technological revolution. This is the time now to change our practices. The way we use data, the way we use technology will be absolutely key. So we need to be much more commercial and relevant to be able to help these businesses prosper and develop and be safe as we come out of this crisis and we go forward. Mm, because, I mean, we're, we're intending a transformation, a digital transformation of these businesses, right? And, and and therefore, the consequences of that digital transformation are felt, I think, most keenly in the operational risk portfolio. So if you want to be successful in that transformation, then managing operational risk well becomes a core skill. Luke? Very similar point of view to Mark, I think. I think, I think it's going to be harder. There's no doubt that coronavirus was a sort of galvanizing thing that went way beyond just individual institutions as well. The whole world was battling it at the same time. So there's, there's a lot of coming together across every corner of society. Um, so it's going to be harder. I think there is uh, ongoing 
expectation of change, as I said before, economic condition, the digitization. Um, so I think really the onus is probably on operational risk to show that it, it's a really beneficial thing um, to be on top of in a period of change. It will give you a commercial edge. It will allow you to be more resilient, but it is certainly more of a challenge than, than we've seen in the last four or five months where there was a single uh, enemy, so to say. But I think the opportunity is there and I think the onus is on operational risk. People's eyes have been opened to the fact that um, this is something worth thinking about. But I think that that transformation in sort of organizational model in, in kind of cultural attitudes as well. and current risk structures and frameworks have been built in quite traditional organizations and as those organizations become more dispersed more virtual more dynamic but but how risk fits in to that very different organizational or cultural model i think is is just a, a huge and fascinating challenge in itself and i think there's great opportunities there um, it will also be you know a quite a disruptive period um, and i think it will change the shape of you know risk and compliance functions going forward thank you mark Luke, any closing thoughts from you? Just to agree, really, we didn't touch on it, but I think empowerment was something central to that agility. And, and I think that's kind of what, yeah. what you were referring to, is that a change in organisational design means that maybe people are more empowered, uh, it's sort of decentralised um, to make decisions. And I think that was something that was shown to be uh, really useful. Thank you both very much. That was a, a fascinating conversation, guys. I hope everyone listening uh, in, enjoyed it. I, I would emphasize we're very conscious um, uh, it's a reflections on the lessons so far of the crisis, which is which is far from over. Uh, we tried to summarize what, what we've seen to date uh, and tried to peek over the horizon a little bit to see what's coming next. We'll continue the discussion as we go forward. But thank you, Mark. Thank you, Luke, very much for your time. Thanks, Simon. Thank you, Simon.